Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Weeping mothers, the lost fathers, and the forsaken children, and let them come quickly, for a voice of crying is heard out of Zion, for we are greatly confused, for death has come into our ghettos to cut off the young men and women from the streets of Philadelphia, New York, L.A., Georgia, Ohio, Florida, Mississippi, and throughout America, South America, the Caribbean islands, Africa, Asia, and all over the world. So return unto me, thus saith Yah, and I will return unto you, O my people. Network, new media for the new millennia. 
This is a history and current events program from a cultural perspective. We find this program necessary because Hosea 4, 6 states, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. But we as a people can turn this around. Proverbs 4, 7 states, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. With all thy getting, get an understanding. Again, welcome to the program this evening with your host, Brother Elliot and Brother Reggie. The numbers to reach us to join the conversation this evening is 215-253-7263. That's 215-253-7263. The listen-only line. Well, it's not necessarily listen-only now, but the listen-only line. If you don't have computer access, access to a smartphone, iPad, tablet, or anything of that nature, it's 605-562-3140. That's 605 605- Five six two three one four zero, and that access code is nine five eight five nine zero and pound. Again, that access code is nine five eight five nine zero and pound. And again, this week we'll take calls from the conference line if you choose to participate in the conversation, and you can do that by hitting star six one on your phone, and we'll be able to see you and get you involved. That's hit star six one if you want to get involved in the conversation on that conference line and we'll be able to see you and get you involved in the conversation. We're streaming live at two locations, www.blacktalkradionetwork.com forward slash time for an awakening. That's www.blacktalkradionetwork.com forward slash time for an awakening. Time for awakening is also on tune in. If you have your, uh, your device, your iPhone, your tablet, your iPad, your desktop, um, TuneIn is a free app. You can download the TuneIn app and in the search engine type in Time for an Awakening. There you'll see the icon, the icon to listen to the program live, even in your car. That's Time for Awakening with a uh, app on the, uh, with a connection on the TuneIn app. Drop us an email at Time for an Awakening at gmail.com. That's Time for an Awakening at gmail.com. Time for Awakening also has a fan page on Facebook. Just go to the Facebook search engine, type in Time for an Awakening radio program. There you always see interesting content being posted daily by Brother Reg. And before you leave that page, just hit that like button. That's Time for an Awakening radio program with the fan page on Facebook. Time for Awakening has also launched Time for Awakening Media. In your uh, address bar, just type in timeforanawakening.com. That's timeforanawakening.com in your address bar, and that'll take you to Time for an Awakening Media. There you'll see uh, blogs, uh, art- other articles, and podcasts of the programs that you can listen to, download, and share with your friends. So just make that one of your favorites. Just put that in your address bar as one of your favorites. That's timeforawakening.com, and that'll take you to Time for an Awakening Media. Tonight, uh, two special guests will be joining us for an interesting conversation. Our first guest, uh, one of the hosts on Black Talk Radio Network. Her program is called Shifting Paradigms. Sister Zion will be joining us in conversation. The topic uh, that we'll be talking about is the black family. The solution to the crisis in the black family, bridging the gap between black men and women, will be the uh, 
the subject of Sister Zion will be joining us in conversation with, and in the second part of our program, one of the founders of the One Million Conscious Black Voters and Contributors, black uh, author, activist, Professor James Klingman, will be joining us in conversation. Uh, Boycott Prisons is one of his articles that was on his blog a while ago, but is very relevant now, and we'll be talking about that article and other interesting topics with Professor Klingman. We'll be back to get things started after a brief word from our sponsors. Mr. Moderator, our distinguished guests, brothers and sisters, our friends and and our enemies. Everybody is here. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. All Insurance Incorporated, an African-American owned and operated insurance agency and business for over 20 years, located at 231 Southeastern Road in Glenside, PA, with other offices in Germantown and West Philadelphia. Call now for commercial insurance quotes, homeowners insurance quotes, automobile insurance quotes, notary and tax services, representing over 15 major A-rated insurance companies, offering a discount on all notary services when you call in for a free quote. Call this number, 21 21- 215-885-2444. That number is 215-885-2444. 215-885-2444. All Insurance Incorporated. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. Dooley Brothers, specializing in shingle, rubber roofs, gutters, downspouts, and vinyl sidings. Call for your free estimate today, 215-224-3882. That's 215-224-3882. Dooley Brothers Roofing, the roofing experts you can trust. That number again, 215-224-3882. 215-224-3882. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. Are you one of the million conscious black people who believes that we have the collective wherewithal to affect real economic and political change? If so, band together in solidarity by joining the one million conscious black voters and contributors. Choose leadership that will work for the best interests of black people. We can no longer sit on the sidelines and expect things to change for the better without a significant number of black people playing a pivotal role in that effort. Will you be one of the million that recognizes that black dollars matter? Are you that person who believes it's time to leverage our votes for reciprocity from politicians? If so, then you should join the 1 million conscious black voters and contributors with members in 29 states and growing every day. We encourage you to sign up and help spread the word by sharing our website i am one of the million.com that's i am one of the million.com antiquity to the present our people need to develop a new paradigm it's time for an awakening sundays 7 p.m with your hosts elliot and reggie welcome back time for an awakening and uh before we get started this evening brother reg anything going on in the community uh no no announcements tonight. 
before we get to our guests, how you feel, Brother Reg? You went down to the farm uh, yesterday. I know you got your hands dirty. Yeah, we, we we all wait for you to come down there too to help out. <laughs> I feel alright. I'm here. All right, we gotta we're gonna get started with our first guest, and uh, the sister has a program on Black Talk Radio Network called Shifting Paradigms that comes on on Sunday uh, mornings at uh, well afternoons at twelve starting at twelve thirty. Sister Zion is with us this evening. She had an interesting conversation on our April the fourth program, and. Uh, Wanted to bring on the program to continue the discussion, and we're calling the topic um, Solutions to the Crisis in the Black Family, Bridging the Gap Between Black Men and Women. Sister Zion, are you with us? Yes, sir, I am. <laughs> thank oh. you for having me on here. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm doing a lot better, um, a lot better. Thank you. I'm happy to have you on time for an awakening with myself and Brother Edge. Good evening, uh, good evening, Sister Zion. Glad to have you on. Thank you, thank you, um, Brother Re- um, Reggie. Is it Rich? I'm sorry, um, Brother Reggie. Brother Reggie. Thank you, thank you so much, Brother Reggie. Um, I, thank you. I am doing well, and I'm very honored to be a guest. Thank you so much. Great, Sister Zion. You know, we'll get right. Uh, we'll get right into the, uh, the topic of discussion. I heard the program that you did on the April the fourth telecast of Shifting Paradigms, and, mm-hmm. you, were, and you were talking about the uh, the house is burning, or something that, that you labeled it. The ship is sinking. Yeah, the ship is Who's to blame, mm-hmm. black men or black women? And and you talked about this issue, and I, I wanted to continue mm-hmm. the conversation on this program this evening, and we are kind of labeling it the same type, uh, same thing. It's called the Solutions to the Crisis in the Black Family, Bridging the Gap Between Black Men and Black Women. Uh, mm-hmm. raise some of the issues that you raised on your program for our listening audience and we'll we'll get right into the discussion because I think it's very interesting and it's important because before we move our people forward we have to get beyond some of this foolish it has broken down to a lot of foolishness between black mm-hmm. men and black women but but talk about it from your perspective and we'll just jump right in myself and brother Rich. what it appears to me is that there is a basic breakdown of just respect. Um, We have allowed outside forces, um, external variables to basically infiltrate our mindset to such an extent that we have officially been poisoned against one another to a large extent. And that's not saying that that's every black man or every black woman, but by and large, um, because for the most part, statistics are saying that we still marry each other. We, we don't, you know, we, it's not as bad as what we initially thought. However, I am seeing an increase in terms of propaganda um, through the media and then the, um, the constant, um, very bitter, very caustic discourse, discourse on social media um, between black men and black women that's kind of trying to eat away at those statistics that say that we still marry each other. Black men still marry black women more than they do any other race of women. Um, Black women still marry black men more than any other race of men, and that we are not into miscegenation 
as was once, you know, as we have been led to believe. And so while that's encouraging, like I said, I'm still seeing so many different things that are assertive efforts on the part of this current society to dismantle that and to make sure that they um, kind of breed us out into obsolescence. And so we have to be very mindful and very careful as to how we deal with each other, and we're not. We are dealing with each other very, um, very disrespectfully. Um, <laughs> to such a large extent that, um, like I said, I, when I look at our younger generation, and especially even my daughter, my daughter has caught wind of some of the bitter things, the bitter mean things that some black men and younger black men her age have said about black women. And it is actually frustrated her, and it's not just her, it's other young girls her age, to the point that young girls her age don't even believe that a, that there will even be any marriageable black men. And that's sad. And that is actually frustrating for me as a parent to have to deal with that. But then I have um, young women that I've spoken to and have had the opportunity to minister to. And I'm hearing the same things from them, how frustrated they are that our men seem to find more value in dating outside and marrying outside of our people than they do marrying someone who looks like them, who looks like their, their mother, someone who they can have, you know, ch black children with. Uh, and, you know, the theory has now officially become the objective, at least, is to marry somebody and be with someone that you can have um, exotic-looking children with, um, various shade eye colors and um, lighter shades of brown as brown at all, um, um, different textures of hair. And that has become the goal of a lot of black men. And as a knee-jerk reaction to a lot of the um, misogyny the bitter, the bitter um, misogyny of black men, this knee-jerk misandry has occurred amongst black women. I spoke on the show about how you have your Tommy Sotomayor, who is a YouTube notable, who are uh, uh, notorious on YouTube, however you want to say that. He is notorious for basically defaming and maligning black women while extolling the mythical virtues of a white woman. But then you, on the other side, there is now the Crystal Carolyn, who is the advocate for swelling in response to this misogyny. And I just want to drive the point home to our people that none of this is healthy. So whether you have a black man attempting to um, marry and procreate with a non-black woman or a black woman, who is attempting to marry and procreate with a non-black man. It is still not healthy. It is not going to end racism, white supremacy. It is actually going to exacerbate our problems. And they don't understand that this situation is actually a real strategy. It's a real strategy. That if they can't outbreed us, they will breed us out. And that is what is taking place. So then we have to then look at each other and decide what is best for us, what is best for our children. 
And, and I don't think that we're there yet. And I'm very frustrated with, like I said, just the bitter discourses that I'm seeing, um, the, the negativity back and forth. And it's not just with black women towards black women. Like I said, now there's this knee-jerk response from black feminists who have come out and have espoused themselves to um, they actually stole um, a, 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 a feminist or a homosexual man over that of a straight black man. They will expose a white man or a non-black person over, uh, over a black man. And that is a very, very unhealthy mindset. And I'm just saying we really have to reclaim our self-respect. We don't even respect ourselves because if we respected ourselves, it would not be at the level that it is. Sister Zion, before I pass the mic to Brother Ridge, let me, I want to throw something into the mix. Mm-hmm. Because when we talk about this issue, Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we realize it's a problem. I think in any issue that that a person realizes there's a problem, they should try to get to the source of the problem. If Most you certainly. if you look at our situation here in this country, um, and since we've been here with Europeans, we have developed. In fact, we've been more time. We spent more time as a captive population than mm-hmm. we ever spent free. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm talking about chattel and slave, where That's all of our all of our ancestors were were in chains. So mm-hmm. we 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 have developed mindsets toward one another that have come straight out of slavery, and behaviors toward one another that have come straight out of chattel enslavement that I don't think our people realize, but we don't talk yeah. about it. If you look mm-hmm. at at, at our family dynamic and I'm talking about during the period of chattel enslavement over 250 some odd years probably longer mm-hmm. you, had, you had generations of a black family that had a man present uh, that had a woman that he either was, was, was his wife or he espoused to be his wife that he had to watch uh, sexually abuse by yes. the, the quote-unquote master of the plantation, and he had no power to do anything about it. Uh, he could come in and out of the, the, the cabins, take his wife, uh, come in and out, abu- abuse his wife physically, uh, take his children at any time he wants and sell them. Uh, by the same token, the woman watched her man go through all types of abuse. He couldn't protect mm-hmm. his family. So... I don't think we realize, and I've had psychologists on this program, Dr. Joy DeGruy and and a Mm -hmm. huge litany of others that have talked Mm -hmm. about this from a psychological standpoint, that I don't Mm -hmm. think we realize the psychological damage this has done. If if it just happened to an individual, that Mm -hmm. person would suffer trauma. But this happened over hundreds of years, generation after generation. Mm-hmm. So I I truly believe, through evidence of other people that are professionals, that we have developed mindsets that we might not think come straight out of slavery towards one another, but they definitely has an origin in slavery. If you look, when our people came here, we didn't have mm-hmm. the mindset towards women that we have developed now. We come from a culture that that uh, reverenced our women. 
that looked at women and men as a, on an equal basis. But we was exposed to a culture that uh, that hated women, that yeah. that looked at man man on man or man on boy relationships. They valued yeah. them more than they did women. So it's it's really a strange. It's something that happened to our people that never happened to any people on the face of this earth in the history of this planet. So we really have to look at this from a mental, psychological perspective. Brother Reg, weigh in on this before I uh, have Sister Zion talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just want. I'm actually waiting to hear her response on that. Go ahead. Um, what you what you had stated, but I, I would add just real quick. Um, to me, it's very interesting when you look at white society. European society, and I, I don't even want to go that far back. Just looking, we just look at this country. Patri- patriarchs, white men, a patriarchal society, they, in 2016, still do not value and esteem their women. And a lot of things, and I, and I think black men, especially through religion, through propaganda, and through what has happened to us historically in this country, the only place that you mm-hmm. have any sort of power within the, the system of uh, 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 within this unjust system, let me put it put it that way, is within your house, within the context of certain jobs that you might be over women and other black men, and within mm-hmm. the church or the mosque. Other than that. You don't really have anything, so I, I I I see that as part and parcel of the problem of how we treat women, and then what makes it worse is that the children that are around, no matter what you say, overall based on what we see on television, what we see in print media, mm-hmm. they just mimic that behavior because if you look at it, you don't have if you have a child around and don't say anything to a child. They're gonna see that there's a, a difference of how men are treated versus how women are treated. Period. And that's mm-hmm. No, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. A lot of this is a mindset that has been inflicted on us by the European dominated society. Because this is how they think towards women. And we have taken, our men, unfortunately, have taken on that same or similar mindset. So that has a great deal to do with it. But if I, could, if I may add, statistics actually prove, and this is how you know that we're dealing with a very sinister system. Because post-Civil um, War era, when the slaves were free, and, you know, we were, you know, understanding what it was to actually not be a chattel slave and, and ex- have some, you know, modicum of freedom to move about to do certain things that we didn't have before. Um, to that point, up until the age of the civil rights era, where integration was then thought to be the way for us to advance, our families were actually stronger then. We had more two-parent households then. So while slavery plays some part in it, it is not slavery just in and of itself. It is just the entire system of racism, white supremacy that sought forth to dismantle any little home because we were recovering 
from slavery to a large extent. That's where you get your rich bill. That's where you get, you know, your um, Black Wall Street from. You know, we were, we were at a point, and like I said, we have more two-parent households than what we even have right now. But then there's a dismantling during, after the civil rights era, after the Black Power Movement, when integration was thought to be the way for us to advance, it was thought to be and perpetuated as the way forward for us. And what it did was actually set us back because the closer we are in proximity to our oppressor and the more access they have to us, the more influence they have on our lives, how we think about us and how we think about each other. And that is what I find to be the most disturbing thing because I grew up in the 70s and 80s where, you know, it was still more common than today for two-parent households to exist. So, you know, there wasn't all of this thing. That did not become an actual phenomenon until like the late 70s. I mean, it was, and it's not to say that single-parent households did not exist prior to that. It was not at the epidemic levels that it is right now. And what I was going to say is, when you look at it, you see that what's happening in prison. At one time, it was basically a lot of black men that were being housed in prison. Now you have a lot of our black younger sisters being housed in prison. I think everything's divide, conquer, and keep us apart on that. On, on that. But when I look at some of the, I don't even want to name some of the names that you uh, 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 stated at the beginning. You can see it's just about some of these people wanting to get ratings, wanting to get money uh, via social media and stuff like that by saying these sensational things. My, my mm-hmm. idea is, you know, if I want to talk to a child or if I want to talk to someone that's my peer or an elder, I think we do ourselves a disservice when we're always looking at the worst sort of behavior within our community and never looking at uh, the, the the great. Like, you know, when they say, well, there's a lot of crime in the black community. Most black communities, they're working people that go to work every day and they're not stealing, robbing, and, and trying exactly. to hurt anybody. You know, that's just, that's the, that's the realism because if it was not, it'll be total chaos, you know, with, within our, within our communities. But I think we need to start having standards bearers of people that what we want to say, this is a quality sort of relationship. Because when I look at what's happening with our family, the black man's off the hook. And a black woman is off the hook. I'm not, I'm, yeah, I'm not trying to say mm-hmm. one is more, but what I do see that when you look at religious texts and things about the fall of man as the, mm-hmm. and the cause of it is women, and I'm just telling you things that I've heard men say. Uh, women don't have the ability to reason. All these t- sorts of statements, they're the weaker vessel. You know, all all these things, mm-hmm. I think all these things, the more and more you hear about it, the deeper it becomes. And when you look at it, this body, I don't care what, if you believe in the higher, in something higher than yourself, a creator, mm-hmm. whatever you might want to call it, you know that your, your, your body is just housing your soul. The soul is yeah. not gender uh, specific, you know? And when mm-hmm. I hear brothers 
saying, you know, they're, they're, so, they're supposed to be deep and they're stifling, they're, they, they, they speak violence against women and they act it out. You, you hear this. Yeah. You know, there's a problem. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. So you're not a homosexual. Okay, you're not gay. You're not homosexual. But the way you talk about women, I, I couldn't see you ever being in a relationship with a woman by the rhetoric and the way you talk about women. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. And I want you to, I want you to chime in as a woman with your perspective. I, I totally agree. Because that was one of the things that I said because I've actually seen some brothers. And, and I can say this now because, um, as you may know, that I am Israelite. I've been Israelite for nine years. And um, coming into this, um, I've experienced a lot of misogyny. Um, a lot of times Israelite men don't like it when you are a woman, a thinking woman, who actually speaks. And I don't mean getting out of pocket. I don't mean disrespectful. If you just speak... They don't want to hear you, and they want to shut you up, and they want you to go somewhere in the corner and just be there. That's it. You're just supposed to wrap your head. Work, I mean, take care of the household, which is fine, but they don't want you to, you to be seen and not heard. And really, sometimes you're not even supposed to be seen because I have some women outside of my faith, including one of my my younger sisters, tell me that they've, they've seen Israelite men. They didn't even know that there were, there was a such thing as an Israelite woman. And that shocked me. So with that being said, I really think I heard some of these men. But I've also seen some of them are actually married. And in their marriages, all I can see is misery. They have so most of these men, most of most of these brothers have beautiful wives. The type of woman that most men would care for would love to have in their lives as a wife and as a mother for their children. And because they have this misogynist mindset that they have nurtured and cultivated and misinterpreted scripture so that they can validate their misogyny. They are not happy in their marriages, and they don't allow themselves to be happy in their marriages because they think so poorly of their lives as women. You know, we, <laughs> it's an interesting topic you just brought up. I wanted to spin off into that because uh, I think it's a lot of factors into why uh, mm -hmm. the relationships are the way they are between black men and black women. I mentioned mm -hmm. the initial one talking about slavery, but I want to spin off into the religious aspect of it because I think that that has uh, uh, some part and parcel in this also. But, but we're going to take a brief break, and when we come back, we'll continue the conversation with the uh, Shifting Paradigms host that's joining us for the first portion of the program, Sister Zion. We'll be right back, and you can get involved, too, in the conversation at 215-253-7263. That's 215-253. Two five three seven two six three. Time for awakening. We'll be right back.
are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. All Insurance Incorporated, an African-American-owned and operated insurance agency in business for over 20 years, located at 231 Southeastern Road in Glenside, PA, with other offices in Germantown and West Philadelphia. Call now for commercial insurance quotes, homeowner's insurance quotes, automobile insurance quotes, notary and tax services, representing over 15 major A-rated insurance companies, offering a discount on all notary services when you call in for a free quote. Call this number, 21 21- 215-885-2444. That number is 215-885-2444. 215-885-2444. All Insurance Incorporated. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. Dooley Brothers, specializing in shingle, rubber roofs, gutters, downspouts, and vinyl sidings. Call for your free estimate today, 215-224-3882. That's 215-224-3882. Dooley Brothers Roofing, the roofing experts you can trust. That number again, 215-224-3882. 215-224-3882. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. Are you one of the million conscious black people who believes that we have the collective wherewithal to affect real economic and political change? If so, band together in solidarity by joining the one million conscious black voters and contributors. Choose leadership that will work for the best interests of black people. We can no longer sit on the sidelines and expect things to change for the better without a significant number of black people playing a pivotal role in that effort. Will you be one of the million that recognizes that black dollars matter? Are you that person who believes it's time to leverage our votes for reciprocity from politicians? If so, then you should join the 1 million conscious black voters and contributors with members in 29 states and growing every day. We encourage you to sign up and help spread the word by sharing our website i am one of the million.com that's i am one of the million.com yo throw that bobby him a dvd in the garbage man yeah speak to him lord somewhere a black man's eyes wells up in the dark Away from his peers, away from his queen, away from his offspring. Coming to a fork in the road and not realizing that he cannot stand still. Because sometimes life isn't about right or wrong, just left or right. Gotta keep it moving. The stress, the pressure, the respect of your woman, the admiration of your child. Almost obsolete as the breadwinner. When the flower is provided by the enemy. If your only resource is labor, or at least that's what they'll pay for. Slavery, God. What happens when they can get it for cheaper? Man, Have we got an amnesia as to what a man is and what a man does? Like Is the possibility of death too great? Is the fear of physical confinement hindering your proper judgment? Got locked up last week. See, death is a guarantee. 
and you might just get knocked just because. That's word. Now, your woman condescends, cause she just can't understand. Now she could get a job, but you cannot. You gotta create our own job. And look at the places you go, and the people you fraternize with, cause they say a lot about your character. And whether you are who you say you are. White supremacy has struck a deadly blow. But our vital signs persist. When we know better, an excuse is just an excuse. And whether you fully comprehend or not, you're a man. And manhood is your birthright. It is your job to know what that entails, black man. Cannot be defined by our natural adversary. Clean up. For his ways are not ours. Nah. Do yeah. we allow our boys to be effeminized? Hell no. Do we allow our girls to be masculinized? Hell no. Because sheep get on the defensive? Or do we muster manhood and stand firm on our principles? Stay strong, Lord. I'll leave that yeah. up to you, brother. But as you dry your face and contemplate your next move, keep in mind that devils love doubt. And if you don't know how to be a man, they will show you how. Welcome back to Time for an Awakening. And uh, before we go back to our guest from Shifting Paradigms, the program Shifting Paradigms host, Sister Design, is with us. We're talking about solutions to the crisis in the black family, bridging the gap between black men and black women. If you missed the uh, first portion of the program, you can always go to Time for an Awakening. Dot com. Just put that in your address bar. That'll take you to Time for Awakening Media. There you always see interesting articles, blogs, podcasts of the program that you can download and share with your friends. That's Time for an Awakening Media. That's www.timeforanawakening.com. Let's go back to our guests and to the conversation. Sister Zion, before we, yeah. before we broke for a commercial, um, Brother Rich, and and you also mentioned the aspect of religion. Um, mm-hmm. If you go uh, on the street corners, you see a lot of people of a Hebrew like faith uh, lambasting black women. Some of the mm-hmm. most ignorant uh, diatribes that you can hear comes out yeah. of black men's mouths, comes out of the men that uh, ascribe to be Hebrew like. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you look at other religious uh, organizations, it's similar. They might not voice it, but the mentality towards women same. is very similar or the same. Um, <laughs> I don't think our people realize the Eurocentric influence in all of these religions, including being Hebrew, because the, mm-hmm. the, the source of it is the Bible. And it's a huge mm-hmm. Eurocentric aspect that have permeated the scriptures. We have to really uh, get back to culture to get to the source and to the the uh, the um, the solution to this problem, it is cultural. We have to get back to a culture that that reclamates and reclaims the splendor of our people. It, but we got a call. But before I go to this call, mm-hmm. I want to throw this out to you and, and to Brother Ridge. To to me, I think that all of this is psychological, and it and it comes out in different behaviors if you mm-hmm. look at uh, the hip-hop community and and rappers in particular they come from the streets a lot of them mm-hmm. and 
normally, if they lived a normal life, they wouldn't come in contact with white women necessarily to date them, to go out with them, to to socialize mm-hmm. with them, unless they were creeping, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But if you notice, once they get money and a monicum of fame, one of the first things they want is a white woman or a Latino woman that looks white. Mm-hmm. And they lambast their own women in record songs and sometimes in their, 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 in their lifestyle. So, you know, more and more, we see, I don't care whether we live in 2016 or this is 1619, the, mm-hmm. the mindset that have developed in our people is almost self-replicating. It keeps coming. Mm-hmm. You talked about the idea of miscegenation being a war strategy, and it definitely was. But you still see that same mindset now among some of our people. So, uh, Sister Zion, Brother Reg, t- talk about it from that perspective. Because it's interesting to me that a woman that says that she's Hebrew hears this stuff from brothers uh, in her congregation. And you live on the West Coast. I live on the East mm-hmm. Coast. I hear the same type of diatribe and foolishness coming out of temples all over this city. Mm-hmm. And it needs to stop. When you confront this issue, uh, a lot of the leadership in the places don't like it. But the truth is the truth, and it has to be faced. But talk about it from mm-hmm. your perspective, and, and Brother Reg, weigh in also. Uh, yeah, um, I, that's because I don't think enough brothers who are really level-headed are getting together and really trying to squash. I, I really appreciate you bringing this out. Because brothers that I've, I have seen that have tried to squash that ignorant diatribe have been called simps and all, all manner of ignorant things to emasculate them from other black men. But much in the way that I've seen black feminists um, go and, and verbally assault black women who are not feminists. So it is very, it is very unhealthy. But if more of our men who really understand the importance, the importance of balance in a household, and balance is not to have such a male-dominated household that the woman is virtually extinguished spiritually from behaving in the role that she has been called to perform. Some of what I'm finding is that a lot of these young brothers have picked up some of that, a lot of that unhealthy mentality towards the woman, and they are actually extinguishing the, the spiritual life out of their lives. And they have no idea the damage that they are doing to their household. Because I'm not saying that I'm not going around here saying that, you know, that that's somebody's belief, that's your belief. You know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, trying to, to offend anybody, but at the same time, I don't ascribe to the theory that the black woman is God. I believe that the most high, the creator, is comprised of balance. And that is both male and female energy. So you don't, you can't go and reduce and extinguish one part of yourself without hurting the other, the other part. So if you as a man are out assaulting, brutally assaulting and demeaning and, and, and maligning black women, you are not helping yourself. And, and, and it, just, it just goes also to the thing of what my grandmother used to say. You can catch more bees with honey than you can with vinegar. 
And a lot of these brothers, unfortunately, that are out here on street corners, some of them are so outrageous, I don't want their government agents or what's <laughs> going on with them. But some of them are really genuinely misguided. And I don't think that they understand that you browbeating that you browbeating a woman or anybody for that matter to bring them into what you believe is truth is not constructive, neither is it productive. And it is going to leave a bad taste in people's mouths and it is going to wreck your credibility. So if you standing in the street corner and talking about how horrible and evil and, and miserable black women are, it's really not going to bring a black woman in. And actually, any decent black men, black men who don't have money issues, who don't have sexuality issues, those men are going to be turned off by that. Because what I'm finding is that that's where a lot of this bitterness is coming from. A lot of the a lot of our men, period, whether they be Israelite or otherwise, when you have a man that is so bitter and misogynistic towards a woman, that more than likely there are some mommy issues there or there are some other issues um, dealing with sexuality, and, and there's just a whole myriad of other things going on that that man has not dealt with so that he could be healed and get healthy in his mind. Because if you, you, can't, you can't be healthy in your mind and just not be accountable for your actions and lay blame at the feet, total blame at the feet of someone else. Let, let's grab this call here. 404 area code. What's your name? Where you calling from? Hey, my name was Feature Blessings and Shalom to uh to y'all Elliot and that my beautiful sister. Uh Hello. Yes, ma'am. My my comment is, see, I used to have that same thought that you had uh about what's going on between the black men and the black women. And see, I did so I've been doing investigating. Brother Elliot and Brother Reggie uh know that I've been investigating on the sound, all right? And see, what I, I used to get in an argument with just about everybody, particularly my black women. So what I did, I checked my sound and checked the sound that I'm emitting, right? And so once mm-hmm. I changed my once I changed my sound to what I'm talking, like I'm talking to you now, five twenty eight hertz. All right, then my whole paradigm shift to the energy I was giving out was was, was irritating and negative. So I was receiving negative back, right? And so once mm-hmm. I realized that the sound of the earth is 528 hertz, and that's the natural residence of the earth. And so I could talk to anybody, particularly my black sisters, and, and as long as I stay in 528 with the right tone and the right vibration to their ears, I don't get no argument. So once you change your sister, see Steve Harvey messing everything up when he telling y'all women to look like a woman and act like a man, see? That ain't that ain't cool. Y'all women supposed to act like women, look like women, to beautify the planet and, and, and be our soulmates. See, y'all are the universe of, of, of the world, man. How do y'all come alive? All right. So if you just learn how to cool down, you're a beautiful sister, man. I like like to talk y'all off the app. Give you my number is four 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 five three. You don't have to give out your number on the air, West. We... I don't care, man. I'm not scared, man. You know, I, I like to give out information, man. I don't like to see my brothers and sisters arguing, and it's basically over sound and tone, man. Like I told y'all before, these subliminal weapons is what people say and what they hear. I can say I got a million dollars to each one of y'all. If I say it in the wrong tone, y'all will be talking about don't talk to me like that and miss your blessing, see? 
And, and so my sister, I like to talk to you off the line, off the air, because I, I, I'm from the Israel just like you. And my number four 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 five three 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 six four. And I, and it's all about sound and tone and the frequency that's coming out to us because we going from sound to light anyway. And see, you evolving to where the sound is messing you up right now. But once you try to raise your frequency to the light, then you won't have no problem no more. I can tell you a beautiful system. So it's all about sound and light. Wes, thank you for your contribution. Peace and blessings. Thank you, brother. And I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're getting at. And actually, I've, I've had that discussion with a lot of people, and I've actually posted that in social media that uh, people kind of underestimate. We've been so Europeanized. We've been so Westernized that we do underestimate greatly how things affect us on a spiritual level. And we have so underestimated it that we don't even understand that we are more spirit man than we are physical man. So I don't want to get too deep and go over people's heads, but definitely sound, light, all of this stuff. That's why a lot of times I have to wonder if, especially for weak-minded people, the social media just kind of brings out the worst in people because of the vibration, because of the light, and because of everything that's associated with it. And it's been actually proven that, you know, that it does have a spiritual and psychological effect, the light from the, um, the electronic devices, the sound, that there's like a, a, a sound that it makes, that, that's a vibration. So um, with our bodies being more than 75% water, our brains being more than 85% water, water is greatly influenced by vibration. So we have to be mindful of what music we consume. We have to be mindful of the television being on, especially at night. We have to be aware of so many different things because we have to change our mindset. And that's actually where it starts. I learn the spirit man more than we do the, the physical man, the carnal man. Mm-hmm. The, and the, because as I said before, what this all comes down to is a lack of respect. And we need the, our, our self-respect as individuals restored, and then we can go and, and shed that respect to others, uh, others of our people, of the opposite sex and otherwise. I, I, I totally agree, and I don't think what you're saying is going too deep. I think it's necessary to have that discussion because if you're having a problem with your heart, <laughs> what are they using? They're using an electronic device that's going to stimulate your heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to keep beating you know our body this body that 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 houses our soul and our spirit Mm -hmm. we don't have any control over it at all and that's Mm -hmm. our magnet this is like a big computer and the the part that you're talking about as far as you know the spirit and and nurturing our soul these are the sort of conversations that we need to have with, with you know with our children with the young people and people that are, are, are looking and searching for, for different things. And, and what I want to say to you, when you said the part about, you know, the men having issues with their sexuality, uh, mm-hmm. I find that to be true with guys that are hardcore thugs. I'm talking about over-the-top, hardcore, yeah. masculine. Those are the ones yeah. that usually are covering up whatever identity issues that they're having in the prison and outside the prison. 
when I look at men that are saying that they're wearing their conscience and they have a problem with their mom and they hate their mom or they don't have any sort of relationship with their mom, I know that they're never going to be able to have an effective relationship with a woman, whether in a sexual relationship or a non-sexual relationship, until they have to clear out whatever issues or whatever or whatever blockages they have as a man. Um, the thing that really um, is is very ironic to me, and I think you know people that want to be deep in, in with spirituality and re- reading religious texts is when you look at the body, right? Mm-hmm. A, man, a, 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 a woman and men have the same genitalia scientifically. One is external, mm-hmm. one is internal. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And it just just if we just have a rational discussion from that standpoint, you know, will be will be, be amazing. Just talking about the makeup of the body between male and female, you know, from that from that standpoint, I think will be a starting point if you really want to have a discussion. For black men and black women, I would say, look at the benefits. Look at all the contributions that women, black women, have given not to just the black family, but to the world. It's balance. It's balance that we need. We are different. We have different ways of communicating, different ways how we look at things. But um, I think you know, with a lot of black men, they're actually scared very scared because of the what white men have put in their system that don't even realize that they have in there. They're, they they make us scared of our women. They're scared of an intelligent woman that could be saying something. And we know the real deal in the households anyway. Real black households, women are laying it down for their men. A vice. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ooh. The well-being of their children, all these mm-hmm. things, raising, putting the right stuff in the system, if they're balanced, putting the right stuff in the system to be the progenitors of future generations. Yeah. All these things, when you just sit back and think about it, why would you want to discourage? And I always think about it, if you have a daughter, how are you raising a daughter up just to be a doormat for somebody? Exactly. Like, it doesn't. It doesn't make. It doesn't make any sense. And I and, and I do know there's crazy on both sides. So we're not gonna. We're not gonna. But we just don't need to concentrate on that. We need to have solutions of raising, as Brother West said, and you you have said so eloquently, the vibration. You know, first mm-hmm. of all, stop with all the television watching, all these delusions of what we should be and how we should be on television. There's nothing but programming. The white, you know what? Why black young men and black men when they get a little money, why did because the white picket fence, mm-hmm. the white woman as a trophy, that's mm-hmm. been programmed in society and they ain't got really nothing to do with a black man. You don't see any white woman that's a millionaire marrying any black person that don't have no money. It's us that do it because it's programming. It's not exactly. even it's not even natural to do that. You have 
You have three million dollars, and you're gonna marry. You're gonna you're gonna marry somebody that's making fifty thousand dollars. The only person that does that is black men. Exactly. You're not gonna have a rich white woman marrying somebody. Uh, you, she might you use them for sexual favors and things like that, but it's not gonna be no long-standing relationship. We're the only ones that do that, and it's based on programming and and, and, and self-hate, hate of self. If you don't love your black woman, you hate yourself. No, none of these black men that came out, you came here through a black woman. That's right. You know, in, in the last uh, 15, 20 minutes we have for this uh, segment, let me say mm-hmm. something I, I want to uh, design and Brother Reg to weigh in on it because Reg just touched on the, the idea of the self-hate or the, mm-hmm. the negative self-esteem. Now, it's only natural to me that if I, the experiences that our people had since we've been here, that you would have esteem issues, especially if you don't do any type of uh, digging into oneself or have a cultural background, mm-hmm. you're going to have low self-esteem issues, and it plays out in different ways. Uh, it, people for years have used, and I'm not just talking about black folks, they use it as a coping mm-hmm. mechanism, so to speak, drinking, alcohol, yeah. physical abuse, all of those, mm-hmm. and especially in this subject we're talking about, are coping mechanisms to me. Yeah. Uh, you, you've got other strategies that people use to try to, a survival strategy of, of maybe, the, you know, they've come from a black family, a black man, black woman, but they hate black women. They mm-hmm. they love white women. Just like Ray says, that's unnatural. But you can see that it's in their mind is some type of coping mechanism because they just don't see any value or any uh, self-esteem in somebody black that looks like them. So we have to, uh, in order to reclaim our people, and especially the youth, for, for some of these households that don't have a man in there, some of these men got to deal with this. Clean yourself mm-hmm. up. If you're on drugs, you're on alcohol, go get yourself clean. When you get exactly. yourself clean, then you can make yourself appealable to a woman. No woman wants no man stumbling all in the house. He's halfway blown out of his mind. Because some of these women, they don't come into the relationships doing all kind of foolishness. They meet men, and some of these men turn them out. I'm not saying in every case. But mm-hmm. some of these men turn these women out and then turn mm-hmm. around and blame the woman. You, If these men want to get this, this situation straight, go clean yourself up. If you're doing negative stuff, clean up and then come back to the family. For the women that have these children and the men then abandon them or they're in jail, Take these children. If you can't do it yourself, look around. In every city, you got cultural groups. You got uh, 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 some of them call them rites of passage. You got groups that are dealing with youth, teaching mm-hmm. youth. Go there first. Observe what's going on because you don't want, especially in the environment we live in now, you don't want to take your children and expose them to any man or woman because you don't know mm-hmm. their motives. The first thing you should do: take some time. Go to some of these places as a woman. Now, I'm just saying this as a woman that might have young men or young girls. Mm-hmm. Go to some of these places. Observe what they teach teaching. Observe the person teaching. Talk to them. And then go home and get your children. Attend some of the things with them in the beginning. Go home and talk to them about what they're learning. These things could change a children's life. Just like if a child is in a household that's abusive or watching their mother or father drink and do drugs, that type of junk affects them. They might not say it, 
But when they get grown and adult and try to deal with their problems themselves, they talk about things that then they experienced when they was young. We got to stop this foolishness if we want to save our people. Uh, Sister Zion, Brother Reg, go ahead. Weigh in on that before we move on to the next segment. No, that, that, that's excellent because that is the one thing that I try to really impress upon our people. Um, very quickly, I, I always try to impress that upon us because I don't think we understand. Malcolm X even said that, you know, it, it's a fool, something to the extent that a fool, only a fool would allow his um, his enemy to teach his children. But if you're in a position to where you cannot homeschool your children, you still have the, the means and the ability at some point to home educate your children to supplement whatever it is that they're learning, like you said, get to know their teachers. I'm, as a, for instance, we lived in Las Vegas, Nevada for a while, and one of my son's teachers was a homosexual white male. I made sure that I got my son out of his class. You have to pay attention to stuff like this. You have to pay attention to who your children are dealing with. You have to pay attention to every single thing, every stimulus, that affects your child. Um, and what you, what, what you were speaking of with regard to um, women getting together with men and being turned out by that man, I've seen that happen. And this is what black men need to understand. You are immensely powerful. You are powerful. And there is this symbiotic relationship between black men and black women. So when we see you doing things, we feel like we are therefore justified in doing those things as well. And that includes so if you're drinking and drugging and doing all, all types of things that are destructive, then that black woman is going to say somewhere along the lines that it must be okay for her to do it too. Especially, you know, if you're in a, you're, I mean, because you have so much influence. If you're her husband, you can influence her. So uh, you can't underestimate the power that you wield as a black man. And that's all the more reason, and, and then um, um, Brother Reg can have it. But this is why I said, whether it be a black man or a black woman, if, a, if you as a black woman are having daddy issues or you're still tripping over whatever happened with your ex, please do not go into a relationship with anybody. Go somewhere, pray fast, meditate, do whatever you got to do so that you can elevate yourself spiritually and get healed. That's what needs to happen. And the same thing for, for the black man. Black man, if you, are, if you have mommy issues, if you are tripping over what your baby's mama did to you or what your ex did 15 years ago, and you haven't healed from that stuff, please stop getting in relationships with women and wrecking them because you, have, you haven't been healed. Get somewhere. Fast, pray, meditate, do whatever you have to do to get yourself healed and to get your mind right. Because until you get yourself right, you are going to wreck everybody in your path. You're going to wreck your woman, your children, black women. You're going to wreck your man. You're going to wreck your children. You're going to wreck your life. So just just get get right. And And like I said, just get back to respecting yourself. Restore your self-respect so that you can give respect to other people, of our people, other black men, other black women. Restore self-respect to yourself so that you have respect to give. Excellent. 
all I can say. Excellent. I I I'm, I agree with that. And I think we we uh, the black family we need to start looking at in our relationships with yeah. family members or, or learning how to define family members are not always people that you're have the same blood. Family is those that know you. <laughs> you know, you might have had a cousin yeah. that you grew up with and hung out with when you're six years, seven years old, eight years old, but you don't they don't know anything about you in your twenties and your thirties and forties. They're not family. They're a blood relative, but they're not family. You know, exactly. somebody that's family knows you. They're familiar with you. That's family. You know, somebody that's family, they're going to listen to you and they're not going to do things that try to hurt you on, pur on purpose. You know, that's not what family does, real family. And I think we also need to start looking at the purpose of relationships, especially, uh, uh, you know, uh, between a man and a woman coming together in, in a relationship. The relationship is to the to both of the two people in the, within a relationship to rise up spiritually yeah. to get better, and I think a lot of lot of people when they come into whether it's a, a that sort of relationship, uh, friendship type of relationships, whatever relationships, say you know you're coming into the relationship with the wrong idea. It's what you can get out of the relationship. You need to start putting that to the side. If you're coming into a relationship, is to become better. The reason why a lot of black men chase after white women because they don't like the essence of black women who are going to challenge them. Yeah. Challenge that BS. Challenge that laziness. Challenge mm -hmm. you to become the best black man that you want to. And that's supposed to go both sides. A black man in a relationship is supposed to challenge that black woman to be better spiritually. To develop her soul to be a better. That's the purpose of the relationship to become better, not to be needy. Oh, I need a woman because I need somebody to cook me some food. <laughs> I need I need this woman because I want you know I need to have sex every day. You know that's the foolishness that we're that that white society perpetuates in our community. I, I just want to give this example when you look at when they talk about. Black violence in, in in the black community, and, and I'm gonna go. And we do have issues in our community, but don't get anything twisted or out of joint or misconstrued. The biggest perpetrator of violence is white men. Oh yeah. The biggest yeah. perpetrator of rape is white men. Mm -hmm. Okay, don't don't we don't need to get because you look at the the system the way it's set up. Who's control? They're the biggest rapers, the biggest thieves, the biggest con men, the biggest mm -hmm. everything. There's nothing that we can do in the black family that could ever <laughs> come up to the numbers of devastation that has been done by this patriarchal white society. And that should make us feel happy. Just it is it is what it is. You can't mm -hmm. tell black children or black men to to, uh, to do certain things. I'm talking about white people, people across the street. Tell us to do the right thing. When you see on television every day and radio print, when things don't go their way, what's the first thing they do? They talk about it for a little bit, and then what they do? Throw bombs. They kill people. They do that mm -hmm. in far greater numbers. 
They look That's at right. people when you talk about chattel enslavement. Their women, white women, didn't get any rights to a, a long time. They were property. They might have jobs. White men still look at their women as property. Black men that say that they have knowledge of self, you're not going to look at your woman as just an object for sex only. You're going to look at her holistically. Uh, the, everything. She is a spirit. She has a soul. She could look good, but your your outside, your body is just for you to have an expression of your soul, of your spirit. So these brothers talking, I just, I don't even get in the dialogue with the brothers. I don't hurt so much. They're welcome to have their viewpoint, but I'm not going to have that dialogue with them. Because I think it was, for me, it's a waste of time unless it's a brother, sister that wants our brother that wants to really have a real dialogue about that. If you're talking about black men, black women ain't nothing, black, or you get yourself a white woman, when I hear that talk, I know that there's something wrong with that brother. He's either trying to make some money or something is seriously wrong with with him. And that's how I look at it. We need to start valuing our young girls. Part of the problem is that within our community, we're not going to talk about homosexuality and all that stuff. We're talking about black, straight, heterosexual mm -hmm. men and males that prey upon and mess up our young girls. Mess yeah. them up. Mess them up. And they got oh to talk about why they're dealing with women and why they don't want to deal with men or why they trying to mm -hmm. act like men. Well, you messed them up, grandpa, uncle, cousin. You messing up. You're not mm -hmm. allowing these young girls because they have breasts, big behinds and butt up, and you're not allowing them to become a young woman where she can make a decision who she wants to be active with. A woman has a right over a, a right over her body. That's another thing. A lot of black men think that they can control a woman with their money, with their rap, with their talk. Mm -hmm. I talk a lot to a lot of young women. I tell them, listen, you have space. You have a space. And when a, a man, I don't care if it's family, you need to let them know that they're invading your space. Period. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's just my take. But I think, you know, we have to look at the damage that European media, European religion, that mm -hmm. into everything that we, that black folks say that we believe in, it's been tampered with one way or the other. We have been brainwashed in a lot of things, how we behave, how we act, and even the brothers and sisters that say they're conscious, you're not all the way conscious because look at what we have mm -hmm. to leave for our children. Not that much. A simple yeah, lot of sure. rhetoric. And that's being real. We got to be honest with you. Ellie and I do this program, mm -hmm. but when you look at really like what, you know, what have you done as a, you know, as a black man overall to lead your community, that's why you want to treat your black woman like numbers. You don't want her to call you on the carpet for your nonsense. Sister Zion, this was an interesting uh, dialogue. Um, I hope that through uh, the listening audience that heard uh, the discussion this evening that it helped in some way uh, try to alleviate some of this problem because it is a problem among our people. We have enough to deal with this white supremacist society instead of fighting in our own household among men and women.
and our children watching, and it affects them when they grow to be men and women. So hopefully if, a, if it's a household where a man is not there and the woman is, is left raising these boys or girls, and you, because some women are strong enough to try to do it themselves. Some women realize they can't do certain things themselves, especially if they got a bunch of boys. Mm-hmm. Like I suggested, to go around, do some homework, to go around to some of these groups where you got men mentoring these young boys. Go around, see what they're teaching them, be involved, and then get to know the person that's doing it, and then take now your look, children. I, yeah, I, go I, ahead. I, have add, I have to add, though, too, that black young girls and women, they need to have interaction with real black men. That's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like almost an, it's almost an anomaly if they find someone that's not trying to run game, that's trying to be upright. They think that that sometimes, they think that person is a punk, a chump. I'm not talking about any softy. I'm talking about it's just almost like it's not normal that right now if I have someone that's going to be respectful, do things, have a discussion. That's not what's sexy. That's not what's in. That's not attractive. And we need to have young young women, young girls that don't have a, a male influence in the family. They need to have the women need to look and search for good, positive images. And I'm not talking about images on television. I'm talking about real life images. Oh, yeah, young that- girls need to be, young women, they need to interact with men knowing that it's not always about their hair, their body. It's about their mind. That men can have a conversation with you, and it's not about any of those things. You know, <laughs> you made an excellent point. But before we leave this uh, this particular topic and segment, you know, I, I think that this is my opinion. I think it's necessary, and I, I'm talking from a male perspective to these young boys. You've got to educate yourself. And I'm not necessarily talking about going to college. You've got yeah. to educate yourself. Look at Malcolm as an example. Malcolm didn't educate himself until he went to prison and, mm-hmm. and met people that helped educate him. Before he went to prison, he had the same type of foolish mindset as some of our youth. They want to awesome. run white women. They want to do all types of negative foolishness in the street. They hated their own. For, because you didn't see Malcolm going around with no black women according to his own autobiography. Mm-hmm. That's right. He educated himself, and he didn't go to college. He educated himself. So when I say educate yourself, I'm not necessarily talking. If you're fortunate enough to be able to uh, go to college and afford college, great. Do some things that's going to help your people, but educate yourself. Get a book. Turn off the television. Those are the things that will not only make you attractive to a young lady, but you'll be able to help future generations when these children start coming along. Because if you don't know nothing to teach them, they're going to grow up as an open vessel, and there's a lot of foolishness out here that they're being taught now. Homosexuality, all types of stuff. If you want to doom your future generations to foolishness, then keep on doing what we're doing. But if you want to make a change, black men, educate yourself. Help these women. Help them. These are part of us. we got to do our part. Uh, Before we leave... Sister Zion, tell uh, the listening audience where they can hear your program, Shifting Paradigms, the time, and things of that nature. Okay. Shifting Paradigms airs here on Black Talk Radio every Sunday at, I believe it is 1230 
p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 11.30 Central Standard Time, and not, and for those on the, on the West Coast, like I am, it's 9.30 a.m. So I, I'm here, you know, most of the same every Sunday, and I wanted to tell you, Brother Raj, um, Brother, um, Brother Elliot, you have a standing open invitation whenever you want to call. If you can't call, if you hear a topic, you have a standing open invitation as a guest to come and chime in. Uh, because I really appreciated this, this discourse. This was very good, very constructive. Well, we, pre we appreciate you too, sister. We need, we need to be able to have this sort of dialogue and conversation because even though Elliot and I, you know, might think we know some things, <laughs> we don't mm -hmm. know everything, and, and we need to be able to get that other mm -hmm. perspective, that woman, you know, that woman's energy, thought frame, and balance in the conversations and, and, and what it is when you have that, you got to be open to it. Because, you know, you know, I want to say this thing. There's a lot of times, that, and I think it goes both ways. Let me put that out there as a disclaimer before I make the statement, that when women are speaking to men about, it could be anything, depending on your mind frame, you're not listening to what the sister is saying because you're closed-minded, because you already have this idea that whatever she's saying, you have the answer, and you're going to solve her problem. Not necessarily she wants you to solve her problem. She wants you to. She wants to be heard and feel like she's being valued and being respected. Because the same stuff that black men are going through in this society, and I want. I don't even want to say white supremacy. I just want to say this unjust society is the same things that the black woman is going through. And I just want to put that and say that on, as a, my closing uh, statement and comment. Thank you so much. And and this and my last word, I promise, is that that's one of the main problems. We don't realize that we're on the same team. We're going through the same struggle, so we need to be on the same page and on the same team. <laughs> Sister, I want to thank you for being with us, and we'll we'll talk thank to you, you soon. Thank you for the invite. Be blessed, brothers. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Peace. Shalom. We're going to take a brief break, and when we come back, we'll be looking forward to our next special guest, Professor James Clayman. We'll be right back. tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com.
All Insurance Incorporated, an African-American owned and operated insurance agency and business for over 20 years. Located at 231 Southeastern Road in Glenside, PA, with other offices in Germantown and West Philadelphia. Call now for commercial insurance quotes, homeowners insurance quotes, automobile insurance quotes, notary and tax services. Representing over 15 major A-rated insurance companies. Offering a discount on all notary services when you call in for a free quote. Call this number, 215 215- 215-885-2444. That number is 215-885-2444. 215-885-2444. All Insurance Incorporated. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. Dooley Brothers, specializing in shingle, rubber roofs, gutters, downspouts, and vinyl sidings. Call for your free estimate today, 215-224-3882. That's 215-224-3882. Dooley Brothers Roofing, the roofing experts you can trust. That number again, 215-224-3882. 215-224-3882. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. Everybody over there, get on up. Everybody right there, get into it. Everybody right there, get involved. Hit me. What is in one million brothers and sisters who are tired of the same old rhetoric, the same old leaders, the same old ways of dealing with political and economic empowerment? If you realize that nobody's going to save black people but us, if you understand that no existing political party prioritizes the best interests of African Americans as a collective, If you believe the best leaders for the black collective must come from the ranks of those who hold the best interests of black people foremost and uttermost, if you understand that black people must develop the mindset and capacity and will to finance their own racial uplift efforts, then get involved with one million conscious black voters and contributors. The movement is now. Go to www.iamoneofthemillion.com. That's www.iamoneofthemillion.com. Let's start America again. If women were 
get the same hours, they should get the same pay as men. Let's start America over to our choosing. Rewrite the laws to protect what we doing, what we pursuing. If colonialism is really dead, then rewrite the U.S. Constitution. Let's start the country over in all places, starting with a real respect for all races. This is how we starting. All nonviolent drug offenders in prison should be pardoned. pardoned. Yes, if we gonna start winning again, we need to start America from the beginning again, from the beginning again, from the beginning again. We need to start America from the beginning again. I said, yes, if we gonna start winning again, we need to start America from the beginning again, from the beginning again, from the beginning again. We need to start America from the beginning again. Yes, start America from the beginning again. Redeem the cities for the people that's living in them. Kill a cop, we ain't living with them. So we can't just protest, they go back to chilling again. These politicians don't listen unless they see that you spend. When it comes to the people, they think they bigger than them. They forgetting what the word public servant means. They like political crack dealers serving they fiends. Tell me, what's a leader without a worthy team? And what's a foundation without a sturdy beam? The whole election game, we heard and we seen. Presidential candidates getting absurd and mean. There's no such thing as keeping it clean. With an honorable reputation backed by a scholarly team. Really modifying the economy, that's a dream. And just puppets for the rich, if you know what I mean. Yes, if we gonna start winning again, we need to start America from the beginning again, from the beginning again, from the beginning again. We need to start America from the beginning again. I said, yes, if we gonna start winning again, we need to start America from the beginning again, from the beginning again, from the beginning again. We need to start America from the beginning again. Welcome back to Time for an Awakening. And I want to thank again the host of Shifting Paradigms, Sister Zion, for being with us the first portion of the program to talk about solutions to the crisis in the black family, bridging the gap between black men and black women. Again, I want to thank her. Her program is on Sunday afternoons, 1230 to 2.30 on the Black Talk Radio Network. And we'll be shifting to our next special guest, author, activist, and a strong voice for economic empowerment for black people. Professor James Klingman is with us this evening and one of the founders of the One Million Conscious Black Voters and Contributors. Brother Klingman is going to talk to us about his article, Boycott Prisons. I ran across the article. The article is 10 years old. But it's very relevant now. We're going to talk to him about that article and other interesting topics that we'll probably spin off into knowing Brother Klingman. And again, if you uh, missed the first portion of our program and you want to hear it all in its entirety, the program will be posted on timeforanawakening.com. Just put that in your address bar, timeforawakening.com. That'll take you there. Interesting articles, blogs, uh, podcasts of the programs, other things will be added in the very near future. The site is going to grow more and more and be very interesting. So put that in your address bar. Make that one of your favorites. That's time for an awakening.com. And uh, I want to welcome to our program one of our friends, dear friends, <laughs> Professor James Klingman. How are you, sir? Doing pretty well, Elliot. And hello to you and Brother Ridge. Yeah, how you doing, Brother Jim? Elliot, Elliot just uh, 
sat in a Formula One and shifted in high gear having you on. So <laughs> we appreciate having you on tonight, my brother. No problem. I appreciate the opportunity. Brother Klingman, you know, I read your article, uh, Boycott Prisons. Now, that article is 10 years old, but it yeah. seems very relevant today. I mean, asking you to talk about why you wrote that article then, it seems like you just wrote it. So talk about the impetus of that article, why you wrote it, and why it's still very relevant and important now. Well, the impetus came from just a a period of years prior to writing it, all the way back to 1994, when the uh, omnibus crime bill was passed and uh, you know, the whole transition from Bush number one to Clinton and the $22 billion that were allocated to build, to start building more prisons. And believe it or not, I wrote an article about that in 1994 in local uh, black newspapers across the country. And then the article that you're talking about, Boycott Prisons, came about from a visit uh, during Kwanzaa where I was invited to speak up in Buffalo, New York. And I was just having dinner with a brother there afterwards, and we were talking about prisons and mass incarceration. And uh, he said, man, you know we ought to boycott prisons. We boycott everything else. And I said, man, (laughs) you may not know it, but that's an excellent idea. So... That's where that article came from, and from that point, not only did I write about it, because you know I'm I'm solutions-oriented, I started, literally started a, a PR campaign around that theme, Boycott Prisons, complete with all the collateral pieces, and it was to be an education program for our, our especially our young uh, men and uh, an empowerment program which uh, included uh, teaching them how to start their own businesses and my 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 theme was stay out of the cells and get into sales and it was just something I wanted to push across the country and uh, unfortunately even though I tried my darndest to get it to take uh, hold in Cincinnati, it didn't, as usual, and, uh, you know, I just kind of dropped it over the years until this new conversation started coming about, about mass incarceration, everybody got excited again about it, and when Michelle Alexander wrote her book, The, the New Jim Crow, then we started to wake up again. My issue is, as it's always been, nothing is new. And, you know, this, the genesis of what we see now from Michelle, and I'm glad she wrote that book to wake people up again, Mm -hmm. but the genesis was way back in, in, in the early 90s. But it seems to me that our people just keep pushing the snooze button. You know, the alarm will go off, we'll get excited. And we'll roll over and push the snooze button and go back to sleep until the next crisis comes. So I'm glad that people are excited about this uh, prison industrial complex mass incarceration 
issue again. But if we don't do anything about it, why do we keep talking about it? So that was the purpose. Hey, of the Jim, I, I like to ask. Yeah. Jim, I'd like to ask you a, a question real quick. Um, uh-huh. uh, in in the city of Philadelphia, I don't know if it's the state of Pennsylvania or just the city of Philadelphia, um, I know that the local mayor received money, I think it was federal money, as far as um, having a large amount of, uh, trying to do a reduction in the Philadelphia prison system, uh-huh. in Philadelphia County. And when I'm thinking about the issue and what's going on with the, you know, uh, the decriminalization of uh, marijuana, you have people that could grow marijuana legally, and that's that's a whole another trip with that, with the you know the, you know the entry points and be able to get into that. And my question, when you talk, and I know you're strong with the economics and, and the thing about black folks having to organize, this is my thought. I want you to just chime in and see if I'm off base. Now we know that what happened from the 70s, 80s, and even in the 90s with the explosion of black men, Latinos, and actually poor white men going to jail a lot of times for just frivolous things and having these lower sentences that was able to bolster the prison industrial complex, uh, stock uh, people being able to uh, have jobs in certain communities, um, other businesses being able to thrive based on having a prison in their community. And when I'm looking at any the decriminalization and the things that are going on now from historically, we always know that when Europeans have to change or shift one thing, they always figure out another way to shift into something else still to be able to make money or to coincide with their with their what their long-term strategy has been and if we know in this United States of America that the long-term strategy has always been to enslave us and to have us as free labor right. now say for example if all say for, say for example within this country we had we're just going to talk about the black prison uh, population. Say we had 30%, third, between 30 and 45% of the black prison population was allowed to come out. We know that that's going to cause them some pain economically. There's going to be white folks losing jobs. There's going to be some problems with, uh, you know, industry, you know, food, whatever you want to talk about, whatever you want to say. What do you think will be the next step for them? Because we know there's going to be a next step. And for black folks that want our people to come out of prison, what should be our next step? Knowing that these white folks, they're going to have a next step of how they can make money either by finding another way to have these people back in prison or another way how they can make money off of the off of the backs of our people. Well, as you know, Reggie, everything in this country, in fact the world, is run by economics. 
or money. And like you said, there will be something else. Uh, but my thing is we have enough of a fight on our hands trying to get brothers out of prison, especially those who've been in there for political reasons for decades now. We have enough of a problem trying to deal with that. So my suggestion is we should be more preventive in our discussions and our our execution of uh, of models that would keep us from going in. And uh, it's easier to to not go in, not to go in, than it is to get out once you're in there. Uh, so we we know that this whole system is driven by greed and and money, and they've worked it out. And we talk about well, how much money they make per year per prisoner and all that. But you know, many of us don't know that. These same companies are making money by owning the land upon which prisons are built. They have established real estate investment trusts, and they lease the land to the prisons, many of which they own anyway. So they get double billing for this whole prison industrial complex. And if this thing, and we know it is, is driven by dollars, then how can we what can we do to take away, as you just suggested, take away that huge profit margin? Well, the first step is to stay out of there. And you got to admit, many of our brothers and sisters out here doing some stupid things, knowing that if they get caught, and they will eventually, they're going to you know, go downtown, stand before some judge who doesn't care anything about them, and all they're going to get is some time. So my my thing is let's prevent it first and then work on trying to get those out, first of all, who don't deserve to be in there, those who've been locked up for 30, 40, 50 years for some political reason. That's where we should concentrate our efforts after we have – uh, a, a, a campaign that teaches our people how to not go in there in the first place. Now, I know it's not going to work with everybody, but like you suggested, suppose we cut it down, the people who are committing crimes, cut that down by 30%, cut that down by 50%. By giving them alternatives, by providing some means of empowerment, and keep them from going in in the first place. I think we could make a dent in it. I don't know what the next move would be by white folks. They're going to run after the money. I don't care what it is. But that's not where we should concentrate our efforts if we are trying to do something to help ourselves. You know, uh, Professor Klingman, you um, you talked about the prison industrial complex being slavery. And I don't think a lot of our people talk about prisons in that respect, and they should, because according to the 13th Amendment, that uh, slavery was not abolished in this country right. except for punishment for a crime where you've been convicted, right. uh, you know, by a jury. So right. according to the own language of the 13th Amendment, uh, slavery is not abolished. That's so right. you're talking about a percentage of our people that are volunteering 
for right. slavery. That's now, you right. mentioned in your article, and because uh, I've heard uh, Dr. Claude Anderson talk about this also, and I, I'll read your quote. It says, uh, five years after the Civil War, the percentage of, of the prison population went from zero to 33% in five years. Right. So, I mean, and, and we see now that it's basically, it, I mean, you know, the the, um, the percentage of black men in prison is well over 50% nationwide. So uh, talk about that in the respective uh, of our people. They're not talking about it in respect of slavery. It Prison is slavery. That's right. And as you said, they still have not taken that exception clause out of an amendment that was supposed to free former Africans who were enslaved. It's still there. It's been there since since it was ratified around 1870. Now, the one million conscious black voters and contributors, we have a plank, a political plank in our platform that says amend the 13th Amendment. Take that out. Why do you need it today? I know why they put it in there, like you just said. Five years after the Civil War, I mean, the crops still had to be brought in. So they put our people on prison farms. You know, that's what they used to call them down south. You remember uh, uh, Parchman Farm and uh, the song that uh, Mose Allison uh, put out years ago? Those, those prison farms were constructed so that the men could go in there and still work the crops. So they were leased to these prisons when they were convicted of a crime. And because of the 13th Amendment, after they were convicted of a crime, they could be a slave. Because the the amendment says that slavery is abolished except for those duly convicted of a crime. And that's been there for all these years. And to my knowledge, the one million is the only group that is addressing that and say, get that out of there. Why is that there? It should be removed. Yeah, uh, because it is, in fact, slavery. The Because um, I, I want to kind of pull out some things in the article so we can kind of mix them into the conversation. But before we do that, let's let's take this call. 704 Erico, what's your name? Where you calling from? Hey, this is Brother Scotty calling from North Carolina. Greetings, everyone. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm hey, not going to complain too much. Hey, Mr. Klingman, how are you, sir? Pretty good, bro. Well, I, what prompted me to call in is I have a different take than you, Mr. Uh, Klingman. It's not that I'm in disagreement with you, but I'm yeah. also considering other factors. And, yes, we should be. Like on my radio programs, before I end, I get into the habit, especially if it's the weekend, of telling our people, don't be drinking and driving. Don't be smoking blunts while you're rolling down the road over the speed limit with your seatbelt off. Don't make it easy for these slave catchers. And so I'm with you on that. We must stress that. But at the same time, though, there are a lot of people in prison who should not be in prison, who have not committed crimes. Mm-hmm. The I only agree. crime the only crime that they committed was that they were involved into in an activity that that white politicians, racist politicians said, you know what? 
we're going to target these people, and this is how we're going to do it. We're going to put these laws on the books, and we're going to send the cops out to their community, and then we're going to catch them uh, 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 breaking uh, these new laws we put on the books. Never mind that they didn't rob anyone. They didn't rape anyone. They didn't violate another person's uh, another person or that person's property. They're doing something we said they can't do. And plus, the pharmaceutical companies, you know, we want you all buying these drugs. We don't want y'all using them other drugs and what have you. So, you know, it's economics uh, a part of that, too. But we have to destroy these prisons. We, we have to dismantle them any way we can. We have to defund these, these places and whatnot. Because it's evil, bro, Brother Kleeman. It's, it's no different. I hate that term, mass incarceration because it does not convey the reality of what we face, which is a continuation of slavery. It's, that's all it is. It's slavery. And, and so that is why I'm an abolitionist today, um, it, it's because I see that you ain't never abolished slavery. As you know, it's part of the plank of one million conscious black voters and contributors, plank number 18, removed the exception clause from the 13th Amendment which is the legal linchpin for you to continue to practice slavery through through the prison. So I, I'm with you on let's not make it easy for them. Let's stay out uh, as much as possible. But we know from the slave catchers they, themselves, cops, that is. We just had some New York police officers uh, uh, come forward and say, you know, we're the hunters and you the prey. We have quotas. And we're going to get you one way or the other because they're making us do this. So of regardless course. of what black people do, if we got a target on our back and they can see dollar signs flying out the coins that are behind, they're going to get us. They're going to get it just like they with the African scooped up people. They're doing the same thing, scooping them up out of our communities. We don't have to be doing nothing. They, they will frame us for crimes. So that's all well, I wanted to share, Brother Cleaning. I appreciate it, Scotty. Let me say that uh, just as much as probably anyone, I have worked hard to get our people out of prison and have put in the actual work to do it. I can give you a very specific case. Uh, William Mayo was put in prison in the state of Georgia uh, for something he didn't do. He ended up staying there for 18 years, but I fought along with a lot of other people from Cincinnati, where he was from, to mm-hmm. get him out of prison. And mm-hmm. we finally was a, uh, were able to get him out about 18 years after he had been in there. And they did everything to keep us from, from making the case to get him out. I've written yes, about sir. him in several of my books. So I agree with you. But let me warn uh, the listeners, and I don't say warn in a negative way, Let's okay. understand that this is not an either-or situation. Well, let's let's not do this, but let's do that. This right. has to be both and. We can do both, and we right. should do both. We right. should stop going in there and volunteering to be slaves by right. doing all these crazy things we're out here doing. And at right. the same time, people like you and others and myself, like I said, I've done it before. We even got a prison off death row in Ohio. We even got another brother out. He got sick, and he was in there for about 10 years, but we got him out in five. 
because, you know, he was sick, and we just made the request to get him out of this so he could spend his last days with his family. And, mm-hmm. you know, they don't do that, but we, we made it happen. And that, and that was about five years ago. So we must do both. I don't believe in building more prisons because I know it's driven by economics. We also fought against building a new prison in Cincinnati and won that. Somebody said a long time ago that building more prison to address crime is like building more graveyards to address a fatal disease. Mm-hmm. So we know it's about money, but we have to do everything we can, and we have to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. So That's I my favorite phrase. <laughs> I agree. That's my favorite we phrase. We have to do both. You're right. And let mm-hmm. me point out one other thing. We are so excited now about the new Jim Crow. And like I said, I'm proud of Michelle. I've met her. I've talked to her for writing her book. But it ain't new. Right. It's, how many of us read Amos Wilson's book, Black on Black Violence, which mm-hmm. he wrote in 1990? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the subtitle is The Psychodynamics of Black Self-Annihilation in Service of White Domination. Now, we love to talk about Amos Wilson, Blueprint, and everything. We love him. But how many of us have a copy of that? How many of us have read it and know that there are some issues that lie deep within our people that cause Mm -hmm. us to do some of these stupid things that we're doing? He also talks about in that book the economic side of it. And Mm -hmm. you know what he says? You know, one of my favorite quotes in the book, and I had to go, and pull it off my bookshelf, it's all marked up and everything, it says, when the black community squanders the economic inheritance of its own children while it fills to overflowing the coffers of the children of other communities, Mm. when it does not regulate its consumption behavior in terms of its long-term interests, it gets the crime it deserves. Mm -hmm. Now, That was written in a chapter called Dreams Without Means, which talked about, you know, we got our kids out here want to have everything. And I think Brother Ridge alluded to it early in the show. But, you know, we have to deal with our own folks, too. Right. We have to deal with our own children. We have to educate them properly. And while I'm excited and everybody's bought New Jim Crow, I would doubt that half, maybe not even a third of those Mm -hmm. people have bought Amos Wilson's book and read it, Black on Black Violence. You you know, Brother Klingman, it's even deeper than that. And I appreciate um, Michelle Alexander's book, too. I just don't like the the term mass incarceration because it hides what it really is. It's like a politically correct way of saying slavery. Just say slavery. Everybody know what slavery is. You know, but I do I, I appreciate her book, but this is this is how 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 deep of a failure that I see intellectually within our community. There are people who read that book, all right, they read that book, they celebrated Michelle Alexander, you know, for her research and, and putting it together in, in, in book form for them to digest and whatnot. But these same folks would then turn around talking about they voting folks from Hillary Clinton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are. God, you just made me fall on the ground, Scott. (laughs) We are dysfunctional, and that's part of the work that we have to do. 
and should do for and among ourselves. That's why the one million is so important. If you go on our website, you see planks, but about six or seven of those planks apply to black folks, not to right. white politicians who are trying to be president. We have right. some internal things that we need to be obligated to ourselves for and some things we need to be teaching our children, while at the same time we fight against this evil of putting black men in prison, you know, to make some to make millions of dollars every year. And, you know, it's a lot of work. But somebody got to step up and do the work. We can write. I mean, I've been writing for 30 years. But you've got to do some work. You can't just sit around and talk about the problem. Right. You have right. to do some work. And that's what I'm about, putting some work behind the things that I've written. Scotty, well, th- sir, I just mm-hmm. want to thank you um, and everybody who was a part of putting together I Am One of, of the Million because, you know, it is sorely needed. It is sorely needed. You know, it, it's not a new movement. I wouldn't call it a new movement, but it's the latest sincere movement for black empowerment. You know, it's yeah. not a movement yeah. for civil rights. It's not a movement, right. you know, like that. No, it, this is a movement for true empowerment. And I thank you, sir, for being one of the founders. And I'll continue to listen. Thank you both. Thank Thanks you. for your score, Scotty. Let's go to 646 area code. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Yes, this is Jay from New York. I have a question for Brother Klingman. Um, I would just like to know what is in place to deal with the political prisoners that are still on lockdown. I, I see that last week Matula Shakur was hit with another two years when he was supposed to get out after doing 30 years on a 60-year sentence. And um, I just want to know, what do we as a community have in place to deal with these um, brothers that are still on on lockdown when you got this clown in the Oval Office talking about prison reform and all of this stuff? I mean, you know, to me, it don't seem like it's, no prison reform at all. I, it, it, it's real selective. And, and you know, now they're talking about changing some of these laws in regards to sentences because of drugs, because the Neanderthal is becoming more and more of a drug addict. And, you know, they're, they're addressing that problem because, again, they just had another um, special about it on 60 Minutes. So, I mean, what, what do we as a community have in place to address this um, this matter? Because that's of great importance, more to me than voting or anything of that nature. Yeah. Well, I would first say that it starts on a local level. Everything starts on a local level. There's a brother out in uh, Omaha, one of the uh, Black Panthers, uh, Black Panthers, I think he's been in prison for 40 years. I just read about another brother who's been in for 47 years, a political prisoner. And I think local communities need to get involved and organize around getting in and uh, you know getting these these brothers and sisters in some cases out of prison. We should have been for the last eight years almost deluging Barack Obama with names of, of prisoners that we wanted released. That should have been one of our demands. And, 
you know, whether he did or not, he's already released 248. But Brother Ed Pinckney is still in prison up in Marquette, Michigan. And when they went to Flint to do debates and, and, you know, ran around the state of Michigan, I didn't see one black person there speak up on Brother Pinckney's behalf, who is in jail because of a political economic issue. So the obligation rests with us on a local level, and then we have some national uh, 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 folks on the national level within the one million who are pushing for new uh, laws and legislation around, uh, you know, imprisonment, false imprisonment. So we're working on it. But, man, we got to have more people step up. You don't see these leaders getting on TV talking about Ed Pinckney and the, the Panthers who've been in prison for five decades, four decades or so. You never see that because it's not, it's not uh, expedient for them to do that. They're going to stay with the safe issues. Are you running um, people yet? Um, your organization, have they put together and mobilized forces where you're strong at to um, run um, people for office? Because me, myself, personally, I don't think um, elected office is going to change our situation when I owe it. it. It's about economics, man. It's about right. building institutions. Um, when a Negro gets in the political office, they are really of no value because their white daddy always um, convert them over to their side. It's when you are able to keep their pockets fat because that's all it's about is getting paid. Then you'll have the opportunity to get them to do something for, for your own community. Right, so I, I think you may be wasting your time a little bit in regards to, um, you know, lo local officials. It's about building institutions. And I'll leave you with this. I live in Harlem. At this present time, because of Negroes like Charlie Rangel and some of the others, black people are maybe now down to 10% ownership of businesses in Harlem, and I project within the next five to ten years, we may be down to five percent. Well, and that's 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 commerce. That's dealing with money. That's purchasing for one another. And that five percent will be Africans from the con continent, and maybe one or two or three. Um, Negro peas, not 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 black folks. Negro peas. So I mean, we we in some real trouble, man. And and I think we need to figure out very quickly um, what we're gonna do about this situation before it's too late, brother. Economically, brother, I would, I would I invite you to first of all, if you haven't been, go to our website. I've joined I, already. Okay, read all the information. Then then you know that we understand that there is a dominant submissive relationship between economics and politics. We don't stress politics first. We stress economics first. We know that if we have our economic game together, the politics will fall in place. But to your point about local black politicians, would you vote for Reggie Ragu? Would you vote for Elliot Booker? I can name you <laughs> probably 50 people 
around 36, 37, you know, 37 different states around this country that if they were in office, we'd see a, a change. I bet you that. I would stake my whole life on that because I know brothers and sisters who are conscious and if they were well, I, I'll office, leave you. I'll leave you with right this, thing. Mr. Clinton. I'll leave you with this. You know, we could say the same thing about Hakeem Jeffries in New York City, the nephew of Lenny Jeffries. But then again, he's in office, and he's about a pure Negro as you could. Ever find he's stepping in fetching for Hillary Clinton. So you may well, really be wrong about your analysis, brother, no, about I'm a Negro getting in the yet. office and naming names because I never thought that Negro would be the type of Negro peeing cold he is. Well, you didn't coming know from his lineage. But I, I think about people like Jokwe, uh, Lumumba. I think about people like Maynard Jackson. Uh, there's another one I could name, uh, but you know Baraka, uh, you know. But but understand me, I understand that politics comes second. I don't concentrate all of my time on politics. Probably 25% of my time goes there. 75 goes to economics. If we have our economic game together, organized via a a, a critical mass of conscious black people through a vehicle that we can use to pool our resources and make a very powerful statement to any politician, black, white, or or otherwise, we would win. So to lament about the politicians who have turned on us, that's only going to just keep us frustrated. I don't care what color a politician is, quite frankly. Politics is about self-interest. And if we, our self-interest is not going to be satisfied if we're not operating from a position of economic strength. So that's first and foremost with the one million. It's not about who gets elected. The only reason we're dealing with politics right now is because it's a, it's a presidential election, and our people are so most emotionally invested in that, we, we really don't have too much of a choice. But we always keep in mind that, the economic piece is the most important issue in this country. It always has been, and it always will be. And until black people understand that and act appropriately on that truism, we're always going to be behind politically and economically. Hey, brother, thank you for your call, man. Okay. Uh, 731, area code, what's your name? Where are you calling from? 731. It looked like we lost 731. Call back 731 area code. Call back. Give us a call back. Uh, and it's Sounds an open like line. somebody around Jackson, Tennessee, 731. <laughs> it's an <laughs> open line available, 215-253-7263. That's 215-253-7263. Let's go to 215 area code. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Good evening, Brother Elliot. How are you? How are you, sir? Bye. Hi, Brother Rex. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fine. And, and good evening, my dear brother, Professor Clayman. How you doing, dear brother? All right, bro. Yeah, hey, Professor Clayman, I'm just saying, it's, it's just giving me an honor, you know, to talk. I, I'll be honest with you, but I'm not much, I'm not, 
usually, you know, in awe of a lot of people because, you know, as a student, I'll be like, but I have to honestly say, Professor Clement, I don't blow smoke. You're one of the few people when I get excited. I'm kind of, kind of awe of you, brother, because I just, you see, you're such a magnificent. I tell this to Brother Elliot and Reg, y'all, you're such a magnificent brother. Your heart is so pure when it comes to trying to raise our people economically. Because as a student, I honorable like Muhammad, you know, he always say, do for self. And that's what our people need economics because, you know, Brother Klingman, like you was telling the brother prior to me, we have been discussing it with black think tanks in this city for a good while. We look at the, the, these brutal police officers, how they treat our people. I, I talked to a black lawyer here, and he said the same thing what you were saying. He said, we get control, and that's what these kids get in control of our economics. He said, because what you told the brother, once you get economic power, political power follows. And once you've been in a position right. politically and stuff, like you said, politicians look out for their self-interest. Believe me, we have been in a position, Professor Klingman, as you well know, these police officers, white or black or whatever, they'll think twice about brutalizing a black person. Once we know, right. they, once they know it's going to be consequences to be paid, not there consequences. You, you know what I mean? But see, right now they do it with impunity because they know they don't have to face no economic consequences. They don't have to face no, uh, you know, you know, no, no judicial or criminal consequences. So they do it with impunity. But once we get in that position, we can hold them accountable and stuff. And that's why it's important, like you told the brother. If Brother Elliot or Brother Reggie or Brother Ralph, if any of these brothers ran for office, I know they would do the job because they got good hearts. They mean what they say, what they mean, they mean what That's they right. say. And see, that, and see where the problem comes in that, but Professor Clement, we as a people, especially in Elliot, them can speak to this, right here in the city of Philadelphia, we keep putting the same sorry Negroes in office That's over right. and over again. It's like... Yep. Albert Einstein said, you hit your head up against the wall, you keep wondering why you keep getting a, a blood that's not your head. You keep doing the same thing over the definition of insanity. Instead of putting good sisters and brothers in office, we keep putting the same sovereign Negroes and expect different results. And like you correctly just said, some of these black politicians, they are disgraced. Like you said, they went to Flint, Michigan, and they didn't say anything on Reverend Pickney's behalf. Why they had to debate in Michigan, and that, that would have been a golden opportunity when Bernie and Hillary was there to bring it up before the whole nation, his plight. Did they do that? No, because you know why? Because they were scared it was going to offend white folks. So they said, we're going to leave that alone. And by here in this city, uh, 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 Professor Clement, a few years ago, 37 heard me, 37 unarmed, not armed black men was out there being thugs and criminals, but 37 unarmed black men in this city got gunned down by the police, unarmed brothers and stuff, for something as routine as a traffic stop. And guess what? Hardly any black politician in this city said anything. But yet, yeah. these, these, yet these same Negroes running around here getting out votes for city council, the state rep, the, for, for state senator, but then none of them Negroes did mouth. See, we, when, when we lost in this city, Professor Clayman, when we lost Dave Richardson, Roxanne Jones, these was two of our heroes and sheroes. These was two brothers and sisters. They like to sit them to Kenny on the local level. They stood up to the white power structure. They fought for their people. They didn't, matter of fact, Davidson was one of the few black politicians, Professor Clayman, that whenever Minister Farrakhan came to the town, he sat right next up there with the minister. You know, where the other niggas were running from Minister Farrakhan, he sat right there with the minister. And Dave used to tell all the white media all the time, I'm a black man first and a politician second. He's out a black go. man way before I became a politician. And so, yeah. we stuck with Negroes like Charlie Rango and some of these other, other sorry Negroes and that black caucus up in Washington. They do nothing on our behalf. You can count on one hand if you can count that many. There's four people. All, they, all them Negroes worried about is getting a paycheck and, and, not a, and not offending white and Jewish interests. But when it comes to speaking out for the hurting of, or the pain of their own people, they silent and stuff. That's why I get so sick of them and stuff. But that's why we got to continue to be part of the one million you know, black 
conservatives and stuff because this is where this is where it's going to go. We're going to deal with like-minded people, and hopefully at that point, Professor, can we can reach the other ones, the other lost, found sheep as a nation. Let's not say the lost, found sheep. Once we can do that, then we can make a change. But as long as we keep on. You know, supporting these sorry Negroes on the city, state, and and, and, and national level, we're gonna continue to get what we get. And as those saying go, if you if you keep if you keep taking it, you're gonna get plenty of it. Stuff. So, Let me so, give you a good example. Sure. If I have time, Ellen. Sure, Professor Clinton. Uh, I know we're over, but I want to mm-hmm. give you a good example. Okay. Of what I just talked about between economics and politics. And it's a very current example. There was one a few months ago in the state of Indiana, but I'll give you the latest one. Okay. It's right there where Scotty Reed is in North Carolina with who goes to what bathroom. Now, corporations have said if you don't change this law, we're going to move. Uh, Athletic Association, the NBA got involved. Well, you got to do something about this. You know, even the president yesterday, said they need to change that and we you know we should look out for everybody talking about transgender people right mm-hmm. now when have you heard any corporation the president the NCAA or anybody speak up on behalf of the abuse and the discrimination that black people have been going through more specifically when ha- did they speak up about the state that through uh, uh, William Barber is pushing voter suppression issues. Have they said we're going to move if you don't change this voter suppression stuff? Have they said we're going to move if you don't do something about these cops killing these brothers in the street? You didn't see it uh, uh, in Indianapolis when the gay people said this law is is, uh, discriminatory against Mm -hmm. us. And the corporations start saying we're going to move if you don't change it. That's right. Now, when have you heard that said on behalf of black people? You Never. haven't. And nope. we haven't because our money ain't right. That's right. Our money ain't right. The transgender right. people and the gay people and the Jewish people and and all these other folks that President Obama stands up for and speaks specifically about, while never speaking specifically on behalf of black people, tells you, that economics runs politics. Make no mistake. Well, 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 so Professor if Clayton, we don't pool our resources yes. and operate politically from a position of strength and show these folks that we mean business, we can take our dollars away from them just like these corporations can move. That's so right. That's why it's so important that the one million come together and yes. get this done. Yes. Thank you for and your first, call. Can I close with this last quick, quick comment? I got your latest book, your, your, your dollar, your Black Dollars Matter, and stuff. Excellent book, and I got mostly all majority of your books, Professor. That's, and to me, that's the book is a Bible. You welcome for that's a book is a Bible for Black folks to, 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 to get. I think Black people all over this city, I mean all over this country as well as all around the world, to get that book because it's just a godsend, Professor. Clinton, you're a godsend. Thank and my you, last remark before I, before I, y'all, y'all let me go is. To show you how the power of the gay, the, the LGBT to community, I don't know if you uh, look up, uh, man, in fact, Bruce Springsteen, the, the rock singer, he, he, he canceled the concert in North Carolina. He, he, he expresses that satisfaction with that law yeah. down there. But, yeah. but to show you how powerful they are, I don't know if you remember several years ago, about maybe five, six years ago, 
Kobe Bryant, the, 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 the Lakers star who just retired. Now, you know when brothers on the court, they do a lot of trash talking, Professor Klingman, and a lot of times they say the N-word, they say this, and, and the referees don't say nothing. And you, and you know, when, you know when your brother was on the court, even out in the street, they'll call somebody the F-word. They're not cussing the guy's gay per se. They're just saying it out of anger. they mad with a certain call. They didn't go their way. So Kobe, he was up here said himself. He's out and called guys on the court the N-word. They call me the N-word, and they get in that heated moment. No, the refs have no problem with it. Kobe called the referee the, uh, the F-word, and what yeah. happens? He gets suspended for two or three and gets fined. That's why I say this is right. the power that the, the LGBT community has. Right. You can call black well, people the N-word, everything. Yeah, they put but, money behind their Yes, sir. Yes, indeed. Yes, I mean, indeed. They had a fundraiser right after President Obama supported them on their marriage thing. Yes. The next day, that was a big fundraiser, and some money went into the Democrat Party. Make I no mean, mistake. It's so plain out here for us to see. Yes, so it why is, are Professor we Clinton. doing that? That's I couldn't agree with you more. I couldn't agree with you more, Professor Clayman. Thank I you for your call, Joe. You. Thanks for the time, Brother Elliot. All right. But God, may I like to bless you, Professor Clayman. Keep your health and keep you healthy and strong because you're a voice that we need, brother. You keep on keeping on because we need you. You're a valuable voice in, the, in these troubled times of, of our people, Professor Clayman. I just want to say it's an honor always to Thank talk you. to you, Professor Clayman. Thanks a lot, bro. You're welcome. Take care, Brother Elliot and Brother Rex. Okay, now. I'm Sorry, Elliot. I know we're over time, but no, we got, we'll, we'll go about fifteen more minutes. Oh, okay, brother Clement. I want to um, just for the knowledge base of our audience. I want to read this short article because it goes to what you're stating about these uh, private plantations. <laughs> That's what I'll call them. Yeah. Uh, according to a published report, the nation's two largest for-profit prison companies, Tennessee-based Corrections Corporations of America and Florida-based Geo Group are publicly traded on the New York Stock Exchange. Other private prisons, which uh, round out the top five, is Management and Training Corp, Community Education Center, and LaSalle Southwest Corrections and the Emerald Correction Management are privately held and thus not, uh, they don't have public stock. As of July 2015, Correction Corp. of America has issued approximately 117 million shares of stock with a market cap of $4.5 billion, while the GEO Group has issued around 75 million shares with a market cap of $2.76 billion. So who owns the vast majority of stock in these companies? The answer is not everyday people or individual investors, but rather corporations, banks, mutual funds, uh, private equity firms, and public employee retirement systems. In fact, 92% of correction uh, corporations of America stock is owned by 300 institutional investors, while 91% of the GEO Group stock was owned by 272 institutional investors by the end of July 2015. In some cases, the same institutional investors held stock in both companies. Uh, I yeah. want to finish this, but let me take this call because they're calling back. 731 Eric Code, what's your name? Where are you calling from? It's Brother Danny. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, brother. How are you doing? Great. Good, good. I just wanted to ask the gentleman a question. How do we address um, the disenfranchised, the victims of this? Uh, I call them the casualties of the war on drugs. How do we address that situation? Um, 
being that in some states, unlike um, I think New York and a few more states, as soon as you get out, you get your rights back. In other states, they're they're forcing you to pay, um, in some instances, five six hundred dollars in order to get your rights back. So how do we address those issues to where an individual can be made whole without having to pay um, a poll tax to become a citizen, per se, again in America? Well, I'm glad you asked that question, bro. Um, and are you in the Jackson, Tennessee area? I am. Okay. We're having our June, our, our uh, training uh, meeting in Jackson in June, and I hope you go on our website and look at the information. I, I am one I of the million dot com. And we have a plank in our platform that deals with granting uh, the rights to uh, those who have been in prison once they get out nationwide, nationwide. We have okay. 21 different planks in our platform that we're going to present to whatever two candidates finally get the nod and say, okay. have them say yay or nay. On, on 21 planks, but that's exactly one of the planks that we have that you just addressed because we know when these brothers and sisters get out, they don't have a shot. So they end up doing something else, which is what they want them to do, and coming back in. And mm-hmm. this whole, you know, revolving door when it comes to prison, we, we have to work to stop that. How do we do that? Put the pressure on the folks who control it, and 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 push this plank that we have. <clears throat> excuse me, along with other planks that we have in our platform that deals with prison reform. And as okay. Brother Elliot read, you know we know it. We know it's grounded in money. We know that right. because they want these people to come back once they get out. Mm-hmm. So well, you can't do this. You can't get a job. You can't vote. You can't do. Well, what's the brother? You know, you know what he what's going to happen nine times out of ten. But these two right. corporations, Corrections Corporations of America and the GEO Group, they own 75% of all the non of all the for-profit prisons in this country. Right. And they lease land. This is a money game. So how do we respond? We have to respond with a strategy that is backed up by our dollars the threat of withdrawing our dollars from some of these folks and let them know that we're serious. Well, I, I know here in, um, in Tennessee, you know, there, there's, a, there's a spike in school closures. But what we're starting to notice is there is an increase in the need for prisons to be built in Tennessee, in new jails. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, I, I, as, as I look at how the school-to-prison pipeline continues to evolve, it does not seem to be getting any better. Um, it's not going to get any better until we make the change. They have no reason to change it, bro. They have no reason right, to Right, because it's about money. It's about money. That's right. It's definitely we about money. To change it. And this whole notion about uh, the prison pipeline, again, this ain't new. I was at a no. conference in Charlotte, North Carolina in 2001 and met a lady named Dr. Zyra Smith, and she was telling me all the stats and everything about how 
if your if your child doesn't have any books, uh, can't read any books up until the age you know before he's four or five, then they build prisons based on that. How many books people have in their house, and and whether this kid can read, and then all of a sudden they come out with this thing. Well, we got to make sure all the children can read by the third grade. Children ought to be read that three, but we yeah. fall for that stuff and sit back and oh, they're trying to take care of our kids. And really, no. they're trying to create this pipeline, you know, from from school to prison, and they build these prisons based upon that, like that, and they guarantee occupancy when they go to these towns and say we want to build a prison. They guarantee ninety five percent occupancy, and they ship exactly. the prisons from one place to another. One brother might be convicted in Omaha, Nebraska. He ends up in a prison way over in Georgia somewhere. I mean, mm-hmm. this stuff ain't new. This information is not new. Our problem is that we haven't acted on it, and we continue to talk a lot about it, but it's going to take our dollars and our willingness to sacrifice and say to these corporations and to politicians, look, you're going to mistreat us, fine. We'll use our, the, the weapons at hand, and those weapons are dollars. And we're going to withdraw our money. And I bet you we'll get some folks standing up for us like they stand up for the gay people and everybody else except black folks. Exactly. Hey, man, look, hey, Brother Elliot, hey, man, you guys have a nice night, man. I appreciate you taking my call. And I'm um, looking forward you, to Jack. hopefully, yeah, hope to see you. Yeah. Go to the All website. right, man, have a nice I am one of the million.com. I sure will, my man. You Thank guys you. have a nice night. Right, Thank you for your and call. Look, right. I don't know if you know our brother down there, uh, Donnie Bradford. He lives yeah, one of my uh, best friends. Yeah. Okay, good. He, I'm sure he's mentioned it to you, but uh, yeah. yeah, I hope to see you there, bro. Okay, my man. Thank you for all your right, call, take sir. Care. All right, all right. <laughs> Professor Klingman. Uh, yes, sir. You know, this is an interesting topic, and we can go further and go on and on. I'm going to get you back on here because it's been a while. It's been a couple of months since you've been on. I want to get you back on to continue this conversation because it can spin off. You can see that it's it's really spinning off into a lot of different topics and subjects. But, uh, you know, it's necessary for our people to become educated to these, to what's going on, and especially in regards to what you were talking about, this subject matter of prisons, these plantations. I mean, you got. I just read this article that that uh, mutual funds, uh, private equity firms, and uh, public yeah. employees' retirement systems are invested in this. That's Most of these right. cities, these municipal employees, their retirements are invested in their ch- the children of these black folks that work for these things going to prison. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. crazy. And you got black elected officials that know what's going on and never say anything about it. Yeah, it, it's shameful, man. The people we have who's supposed to represent us. A brother called from New York talking about Rango. Well, who elected Rango? Ain't too many white folks voting for him up there in Harlem. <laughs> but he's been in there, what, 50 years, 40 years or something? I don't know. I know it. I know it. But you got people like John Lewis down in, in Atlanta, in Georgia. He's been in there for since 86, I think, something like that. But, we, you know, we complain about it. Well, we keep voting for him. I mean, that that just does not make any sense. But, you know, we, we have ourselves to blame when it comes to that kind of stuff. But, again, bro, 
We use our dollars as leverage. We can get just about anything we want and need in this country, but we have to do it on a collective basis. Brother Klingman, before you leave, give us any information. I know you want to give out the site again because we give it out during the commercials all the time, but give it out again. Yeah, we appreciate that. I am one of the million.com. I like to say uh, I don't have the site in front of me right now with the dates for our training uh, conference in Jackson, Tennessee, but you'll see that on the website. And we are planning our national convention in August in Atlanta, Georgia, on uh, August 19th through the 21st. So, you know, we just invite people to go to the site, read the information. If you feel inclined to join, do so. If not, we ain't mad at you. That's fine. (laughs) We're just looking for two out of 100 black people in this country, two out of every 100. That's what we're looking for. We know we can make some change with that kind of number. And Brother Jim, the date date of the event is uh, the next training in Jackson, Tennessee, will be June 24th through 26, 2016. All right. All right. I want to thank you for being with us, and I'll be in touch. Hey, man, thanks a lot. I appreciate you guys and all the work you do and the support you give us as well. (laughs) Talk to you soon. All right. Peace. We'll be right back to end the program. Mr. Moderator, our distinguished guests, brothers and sisters, our friends and and our enemies. Everybody is here. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. All Insurance Incorporated, an African-American-owned and operated insurance agency and business for over 20 years, located at 231 Southeastern Road in Glenside, PA, with other offices in Germantown and West Philadelphia. Call now for commercial insurance quotes, homeowner's insurance quotes, automobile insurance quotes, notary and tax services, representing over 15 major A-rated insurance companies, offering a discount on all notary services when you call in for a free quote. Call this number, 21 215- 215-885-2444. That number is 215-885-2444. 215-885-2444. All Insurance Incorporated. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. Dooley Brothers, specializing in shingle, rubber roofs, gutters, downspouts, and vinyl sidings. Call for your free estimate today, 215-224-3882. That's 215-224-3882. Dooley Brothers Roofing, the roofing experts you can trust. That number again, 215-224-3882. 215-224-3882. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. Are you one of the million conscious black people who believes that we have the collective wherewithal to affect real economic and political change? If so, band together in solidarity 
by joining the one million conscious black voters and contributors. Choose leadership that will work for the best interests of black people. We can no longer sit on the sidelines and expect things to change for the better without a significant number of black people playing a pivotal role in that effort. Will you be one of the million that recognizes that black dollars matter? Are you that person who believes it's time to leverage our votes for reciprocity from politicians? If so, then you should join the one million conscious black voters and contributors with members in 29 states and growing every day. We encourage you to sign up and help spread the word by sharing our website i am one of the million.com that's i am one of the million.com antiquity to the present our people need to develop a new paradigm it's time for an awakening sundays 7 p.m with your hosts elliot and reggie welcome back to time for an awakening and uh before we leave the program this evening i want to thank our guests Shifting Programs host, uh, Sister Zion, for being with us. And her program is on Sundays again at 1230. You can catch it on the Black Talk Radio Network. And uh, special guest, author, activist, and a strong advocate for the empowerment of black people economically and otherwise. Professor James Klingman was just with us. Interesting discussion tonight, Reg. Um this is a standing invitation from Sister Design to come on her program to continue this dialogue. I know you're going to take her up on that offer. <laughs> you still, you just still there, still with me? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> you ain't say nothing, but hey. nope. That's what that's what I learned. Sometimes you got to be wise and keep your mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, but it was interesting discussion with it. I'm glad that she gave a uh, a women's perspective on this. Uh, I mean, it was very interesting. I, I kind of love that dialogue that we had with her. And again, um, if you missed the program this evening, you can go to the podcast and catch it in its entirety, share it with your friends. Just go to timeforanawakening.com. That's timeforanawakening.com. Put it in your address bar. Make it one of your favorites. You can go to NC Blogs, articles, podcasts of the programs. We're going to have other things added very soon, products, other things that you can purchase from black vendors. It's a it's it's a growing site and uh it's only gonna get better. So that's time for an awakening dot com. Put it in your address bar, make it one of your favorites. And when you're on uh, the computer and you go to Facebook, just go to WW just in the Facebook search engine, just type in time for an awakening radio program. You'll see all the different articles and all posted by Brother Reg Daly. And before you leave that page, just hit that like button. Again, I want to thank everybody for participating in the program this evening. Lively discussion, as always, and we'll be back next week, Lord willing, to continue on this path towards an awakening. Peace. If you're driving through the country on a lazy afternoon. Children playing after school. They seem to be so unaware. I know, I know. 
Right now they seem to play Such a small part of The things that they'll soon Be right at the heart of My little Tommy Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.